Welcome to another episode of The Close-Up, a part of the Orlando Magic HQ Franchise Network channel. I don't really know how to say that yet. Uh, I'm your host, Stephen Cameron, and today we got Orlando Magic writer. uh, Actually, hold on. I have his official title, Director of Digital News and Writer for the OrlandoMagic.com. Dan Savage, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining the show today. Good. Glad we could make it work. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, You know, we, we... Trying to get schedules to match up is always a little challenging, but we did it, and we did it the day after the Super Bowl. How are you feeling today after the Super Bowl? A little slow, a little high? Like, you you doing good here? It was a pretty low-key Super Bowl uh, for me, but overall went, you know, really well uh, in terms of, you know, good food, was around good people, and, uh, you know, just a lot of prep leading into this week because a lot's going on in terms of the magic. So, uh, you know, took it low-key. Uh, in preparation for all to come. And then hopefully uh, Joe Burrow and my Cincinnati Bengals will be back there uh, next year and uh, we can uh, rid the world of Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl. <laughs> that that would be great. I am, you know, I, I live in the Bay Area, you know, grew up in Orlando, live in the Bay, was a Raider season ticket holder for quite a few seasons and then ended up giving those giving those up once they moved and actually a few seasons beforehand because my die for my love for football started fading but i couldn't go for like the 49ers because it's like the local rival team i mean not like in our division but i still didn't like them um and really if you're a raider fan you're not a 49er fan if you're a 49er fan you're not really a raider fan but then the chiefs are in our division so I like I was I didn't really have a, a horse in the race. I was just kind of eh, we'll see what happens. So glad you had a really good Super Bowl. Um, listeners of the show, we're going to be getting into a lot of really cool things. We're going to be talking about the trade deadline that just passed. We're going to be talking about some big things that are happening this week with with the Shaq jersey retirement, and the TNT game, um, Paula's All Star break, and uh, you know a bunch of other topics. But before we get into that, I just want to remind you all of just a couple of things. All right. Um, you know, like I said in the beginning, first and foremost, we are part of the Orlando Magic HQ network. So go ahead and check out OrlandoMagicHQ.com. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Um, if you're on Instagram, you can join our subscription program. It's $5 a month. It gives you exclusive content, post stories, and reels. Um, we have 20% off select Magic Home Games, and they actually release the rest of the schedule for the remainder of the year to us. So you can go up there now and plan the remainder of the year. Um, I think up to the end of the regular season, obviously, we don't know about playing and playoff. And um, I'm not sure if we'll get the discount for those postseasons yet, but we'll let you know as we do. Um, you know, we, we do all sorts of cool stuff. So go ahead, check that out. It's $5 a month. Uh, that really just goes back into you guys with, with better content. And, uh, you know, we do a lot of giveaways and things like that too. So, um, and then last we are, uh, this, this podcast episode is presented by bet online. Um, it's, it's, it's no longer football playoff time, but it's definitely like the thick of the NBA. There's tight playoff races going on right now for seating leading up towards the end of the regular season. Um, so make sure you head over to, Bet online where you can find your latest on scores, odds, stats, trends, um, you know, different prop bets you can do there. And and with everything from, uh, you know, betting on specific over and unders and, and individual player performances, you can you can do that all on bet online. 
BetOnline is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head over to BetOnline. Join today to get into the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. And and if that sounded a little funny, it's because they haven't updated their ad read since the Super Bowl. So I was like kind of tweaking it on the fly, knowing I still had to get an ad read in there. <laughs> that was pretty good. Dan, I, I, I thought I did all right there. Yeah, that was pretty good. Um, Dan, so but let, let's get into some Magic Basketball, all right? It's been a really fun couple of weeks as the Magic have started to find themselves. They are 29 and 20, 24. Um, they have won six of four out of the last 10. They've won five and one out of the last six. They are, they've got their defense really rolling strong right now. Uh, they're sitting fourth in the, in the, in the, in the league. Oh, defensive rating. Um, Jonathan Isaac is humming along right now. Uh, just, just how are you feeling right now that things are starting to kind of come back together for this magic team? Well, the big thing in my opinion is that they're healthy right now, uh, for a while between injury and illness, it was such a disruptor. You know, I was on that team at that West coast trip where, you know, the illness started to creep up, the injuries crept up and it was like in Sacramento where it was, I mean, it was like an infirmary back there where it's like, you know. Franz goes down, you've got, you know, Trevlin and Queen bleeding, you've got Gary Harris going down, you got Paolo left for a minute, and they were somehow able to collect themselves and, you know, force overtime in that game, come out with a victory over the Nuggets. Twice. You know, lately. And it, it was just a testament to the the willpower, the fight of this team that, you know, throughout that trip, throughout that, uh, you know, game even, there's no quit, you know, this team's focused on a goal. And so, you know, Otis Smith, back when we had him as GM, used to always say, you learn a lot about a team in a West Coast trip. It's something that's always stuck with me because you you learn something about the identity. He would always make big takeaways from that. And, you know, I, I've tried to do the same thing as I look at those things. And I think I learned from from that trip with the, the resiliency that stood out to me about this group. And I think it's carried over in different ways. You could look at it, whether it's be injuries, whether it's guys who, you know, are out of the rotation and come up in big moments. Uh, like we saw last game with Goga Bataze, you know, out of the rotation comes in, he's resilient, does his role, helps the team get a big victory over Chicago. So those are the things that really jumped out to me. Uh, you know, it's that resiliency, that hunger, and boy, when you look at the standings at this point of the season, you know, ahead of the season, Tight. I was looking at the schedule and you're like, if they could just hover close to 500 as you get to this point at the All-Star break, I really like the way that March plays out and going into to the playoffs. And boy, they are ahead of schedule. So it's hard not to be happy with the way this season has started for this uh, ball club. No, I, I agree with everything you said. I was actually at that double overtime game in Sacramento when it looked like the wheels were falling off and, and it didn't say granted, we didn't come out with the win. I, I came as a fan. It was like super last minute. I literally walked in the door like 10 minutes before tip off uh, and had to had to drive back a quick hour and a half or, you know, I would have been hitting you up. Um, yeah, but but it was man, that was a wild experience just to like not know it was going to happen and then then have that double overtime. But it looked like the team was, you know, they, they were starting to get healthier and there were still some things like not quite ebb and flowing properly just yet. Obviously, they had to find their rhythm and stuff yet. And it seemed like things clicked after that Memphis game, right? 
you had that really bad um, loss with Cleveland, which which you're going to have some blowout losses. But you had a couple of them in a row, you know, with with Philadelphia. We did win in Miami, but then a, another bad loss versus Cleveland. And then then Memphis game where that that team didn't really have like much of a no disrespect to their talent, but it, it's half the starting lineup was was gone. You know, they were they were like us, really beat up and bruised, and didn't have you know half their team. Um, what do you think kind of changed after that Memphis game to like kind of this run that we've been on? Is it, is it really just health or, or is, has there been like also like a mental shift that has come along with it too? Well, I think you always take away, you know, things from tough losses and this group has shown, you know, they're willing to take on learning lessons. And so I think there's an element of that. I think health is part of big part of it. Uh, particularly with this group, when you have Franz and Paolo healthy as a one-two combo, um, they can stack up with anybody on any given night. And I think on top of that, you know, by being healthy for a little while, we've gotten some continuity with the lineups. So instead of guys plugging out, you know, switching up rotations, who's getting minutes, who's not, it's been pretty set for a couple of games, you know, for a while there, it felt like every night it was big to, you know, post what the starting lineup was, <laughs> you know, who's going in and yeah, out. It felt true. like it was changing. And now it's nice to just be like, okay, it's given. This is what it is. You know, so it's a, a big luxury to have when, when you're doing that night in and night out. And instead of spending time during walkthrough, getting guys used to just, you know, being one another, here's where this guy's going to be. You just know ahead of time, this is how it's going to fold. I think the benefit of going through that is when you decide to to switch up rotations on the fly, like they did in the Chicago Bulls game where you insert Goga in there uh, for a period of time. It's not a big adjustment. At this point, those guys have played together. So you're reaping the benefits right. of what you had to go through when you were shorthanded at times. So I think the struggles that they've gone through through that tough part of the season are paying dividends in a number of ways. One, the learning lessons. And two, you had all these combinations that played together, guys figuring each other out. We know a big benefit of this team has been the continuity. That was something that they talked about a lot coming into the season. And I think as they're going through these stretches, uh, they're reaping some of the rewards of it now. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, You know, they've, they've, They've they've battled, they've fought, they've they've gone through a lot of adversity during that injury stretch, and and now they're kind of like like you mentioned, being able to to learn from those 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 moments with the continuity of the team, and and just kind of find their groove again. And and man, it's been fun. You know, we we yeah. can talk about this here in a little bit, but it's like that 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 Chicago game was was ecstatic. It was so cool to watch that. They've had some really fun, good wins. Like the the Minnesota win on the road trip was really a really fun, exciting game. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's just been great to see. Obviously the Wemby matchups have been, been fun, but, but before we get into that, you, you talked a lot about continuity, right? And we, this team is going to be the same going forward through the end of the season. We just, and, and, and I'm saying basically like we just passed the, the, the trade deadline last week. Uh, it was on the 8th of February. We're recording this on February 12th. So, you know, it's been a few days now since uh, the magic decided to Jeff Weltman and, and um, um, Anthony Parker, Anthony Parker. Thank you. Uh, almost, almost went with old, with, with, with old our Jeff advisor. And John, right? Yeah. Jeff and John, it's still yeah. kind of getting used to getting that out of my habit, but Anthony Parker who, um, you know, uh, Jeff and Anthony decided to, uh, to, it seemed like from what I heard from, you know, reading post reports from you and, and, um, uh, from Jason over at the Sentinel that 
it sounded like the front office wanted to go into this deadline with a path to potentially make this team better, but not at the stake of changing long-term plans. Um, and so we see that they didn't make any moves. Um, and this team is just going to go forward as is. What were your thoughts, uh, just as someone who's been around this team, who's been able to, you know, ask a lot of really good questions, have a lot of good conversations with this front office um, and also the players kind of, what were your thoughts going into this trade deadline? Were you nervous? Did you think change was going to happen? Did you have like templates ready to like welcome someone new and say goodbye to someone who's been with the team? Like what, tell me a little bit more about your, your emotions going into the deadline. Yeah. I mean, deadline day is always something you have to be prepared for and, you know, fly by the seat of your pants. Cause some days, you know, you could go back to when Jeff and, and at the time, John Hammond decided to, to remake this franchise. And you had, you know, a leading up to the deadline day where you're saying bye to, you know, franchise stalwarts and Vooch, Evan, Aaron Gordon and, and you know, rehauling. And, and some, some days it's like, oh, my gosh, there's so much to do. And then you have other ones where you're hanging around the office and it's like, OK, is something going to happen? Is it not? And, you know, leave this particular trade deadline day without a, a deal going down. So you're always ready because, as we know, John, Jeff uh, and, and Anthony play things close to the vest. Uh, you know, when I see any national reports or, or whatever, uh, often those things don't come true when they pertain to the magic. So, you, you know, you can't really fall into that. Um, so I always know that Jeff is going to approach any deadline with the goal of, is there a chance to make this team better? So there's always a chance something goes down. However, I think my personal belief was that, look, boy, this team has a lot of cap space going into the summer. Um, they have a ton of assets at their disposal, all their draft picks plus some additional ones. I didn't want to make any move that would give up some of those assets that would just make a slight move around the fringes. So that's my personal belief, not necessarily theirs. So I was glad sure. to see that that did not happen. The other thing is there's two philosophies when you're, you know, making a move and it's okay. Look at this team's really good defensively. It's no secret that, you know, at times they've struggled to shoot the basketball. And when I was looking through, you know, potential moves and guys and fan, you know, fans tossing around names, there are some of them that don't fit this team's identity in any way, shape, or form, where they could score the basketball, but play zero defense whatsoever. And you could look at it as our team is so good defensively, we can afford to absorb a, a player like that. Or you could look at it from the lens of kind of what the Knicks did when they you know, traded for OG Ananobi, which is like, not, we're not only going to get a guy that perhaps fixes some of our deficiencies, but totally also fits our identity. And those are the moves yeah. personally that, that I really like to make. Uh, and so, you know, if, if Jeff and Anthony observed the landscape and there weren't those opportunities, you know, perfectly fine with that. Um, I think the big takeaway from this season has to be, you know, you look at the roster, you see how teams play you in the playoffs and, you know, it's great that we're able to say when teams play you in the, in the playoffs and the postseason uh, this year and you make takeaways from that. And then you would, you know, expect some action, you know, come summertime to uh, fulfill and, and 
take lessons from what the roster has told you and adjust accordingly. So I'm perfectly fine keeping the uh, cupboard stocked uh, because there have been times in the past, you know, when particularly when when Jeff first got here, that that necessarily wasn't the case, that, you know, we're maybe devoid of some assets and ability to make some moves. And, you know, now he has all that at his disposal. So it's exciting into the future whenever they choose to to start using those to perhaps, you know, make some moves to, to improve this team. And I'm just glad that there was no short-sightedness, uh, at, you know, and feeling that you just got to make a move to make a move. As much as it makes things interesting for me, to, you know, have easy content to create. It's like, hey, talk about the new guys, what the new guys did, you know, say goodbye to these guys and stuff like that. It makes it really easy for content creators. But at the end of the day, you know, me personally, I was very happy to see that just some moves weren't done just to make moves, if that makes sense. No, that that makes a lot of sense. And ultimately, I felt pretty similar. Um, I didn't, Emotionally, I didn't think this team was going to do something really big and splashy, um, you know, and, and send out a bunch of, uh, you know, the draft capital and and, and or like a, a key rotation player. Um, you know, you can always be a little bit questionable on on guys that are on expiring contracts and if if those players might get moved or not. But 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 even then, it's like you look at someone like Gary Harris, where he's had some injury, um, you know, his he's kind of like hasn't really been like in the lineup super consistent with just like, you know, his health issues and stuff like that this year, he's on an expiring deal. That's like, it's kind of a nice deal to, to put into uh you know, as far as salary wise to, to bring in someone back maybe with some draft capital. But then like, I think about it, it's like this team doesn't have a lot of veterans. They have, um you know, they, they have, uh, Gary Harris, they have Joe Ingles. Um, and those are really the, the two most veteran type of players on the team as far as playing for other franchises that have played um in, in heavy playoff comp uh you know playoff series. Um and so like and you know from what we've heard from other players that they really respect and and value Gary's voice in the locker room and the stability that he brings to this team during moments within the game. Um and it's like you hypothetically speaking, you trade that expiring contract for another player who might be a veteran, but his voice might not have the same impact right now. And it, it, it and if it's not a long-term fit, it, it, it might be more beneficial to keep that consistency, consistency and voice going into this playoff run and allowing that to hopefully allow the, the rest of the team to, to continue to play at their best within this playoff so you can get the best data from, from that series and then make adjustments from there. Um, and you know, it's like they've, they've kept all their flexibility cap wise. They, they still have all their picks. Uh, so th- th- this summer, if they chose to make another move, they, they really could. Um, and it's funny too. Like I look at this and there was a couple of names that did get moved that, that were on some magic fans radars, but the majority of them didn't get moved at all. And so it's like, that tells me that one, the, those teams that were, that had these players, you know, the Tyus Jones the Malcolm Brogdon's the, some of the other, the other guys that, that were, uh, you know, on fans radars and maybe even the front office radars, those, those asking prices were, were just not a price that it seems like most teams were willing to pay for those, those players. So I I'm fine with it. I, I am very interested to see what happens this summer. Um, because I think, we know some of the holes on this team and uh, it'll be, I, I think it's the, the time where, you know, we, we could see 
Jeff and, and, um, and Anthony, like start to make some adjustments to some of those offensive struggles that, that we, like you mentioned, you know, shooting and stuff like that. So we'll see. Um, it'll definitely be interesting with some of these expiring contracts. Um, Dan, we got some fun things happening this week, right? We do. We yeah. have, we, yeah, we're no longer stressed over about the trade deadline. We can all like just take a deep breath and just we're here. Let's let's go. I'm sure the players yeah. are feeling it too, and so are the front office. But but there's some other things that are they're bringing our adrenaline up high. Um, this week we have two our our last two games before the NBA All Star break. The first one is a huge game um, because it's our first national televised game. Which honestly. I got to admit, I prefer our, our personal broadcast over the guys that only watch our team occasionally. Um, but it's got Shaq uh, announcing the TNT game as well as getting his jersey retired. Um, just just how do you how does I'm just going to leave it at that. How do you feel about tomorrow's game versus the Oklahoma City Thunder being you know national televised game and Shaq's jersey retirement? Well, it's a it's a great day for basketball in Central Florida, because I think when you look at it just from the matchup standpoint alone, it's a, a great barometer matchup when you're talking about one of the better teams in the West and then a young and talented team who, you know, homegrown, uh, developed their players. And year after year, we saw their players take steps and, you know, they've really made strides. And, you know, when you're looking, you know, we talked about shooting before and you look at our roster and you're like, okay, Caleb Houston's there, Jet Howard's in, in the wings. You know, you have guys who could potentially, you know, be shooters coming up right from within the organization. And do you really want to block those guys' pathways? And, you know, OKC struggled for some years. You know, Shea couldn't stay healthy, uh, you know, all that much. They had to really rebuild through the draft. And they were very persistent with it. And now they're paying, you know, reaping the rewards of it to a degree. So, you know, you love to see that matchup of, of young upcoming teams just from a basketball purist standpoint uh, and that alone. Then you throw the TNT element to it and, and getting some national notoriety, which how uh, when you have a team with a prominent number one overall draft pick uh, in Paolo Bancaro, who, uh, you know, one rookie of the why is it this long uh, that that but that's a separate point, um, you know, he was Agreed, good enough though. for Team Agreed. USA, good enough for, you know, rookie of the year. Um, but, you know, be that as it may, yeah, we're here tomorrow. So we'll celebrate that fact. And then on top of that, first Jersey retirement in Orlando Magic history uh, to be there for that and to be there with the guy who the Orlando Magic on the map in Shaquille O'Neal, you know, as you know, as a Magic fan who wasn't necessarily, you know, in the Central Florida area, you know, in that in the 90s, uh, when you think of the Orlando Magic, you associate that with Pat, Shaq and Penny. And so absolutely. And so to to be able to celebrate that, to have that kind of history hanging up within the Kia Center. Uh, I think that's a great moment and get to rehash some of those stories, talk to some of the people that were around and, and celebrate those memories. I think it's going to be a, a real special day. Very excited for it. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where you wake up, you instantly think about it and it's like, okay, I got one more day. It's weird when you have those two off days uh, back to back in an NBA season with no games. And so you know, the whole focus organizationally has been leading up to tomorrow. So it'll be exciting uh, to see all that take place. 
Absolutely. You know, and I, I didn't grow up in Central Florida until I was like very young. Like I moved to Orlando when I was nine. But even at that point, I knew I knew Orlando of Shaq and Penny. And then we then I move here. I get to see the very tail end of of that era. Um, and, you know, then grow into the heart and hustle and the T-Mac era and all that stuff. That's that was my my real fandom of of seeing that team play live in person before I moved out west in, in my mid 20s. But man, it's like you, the first thing I think about of this magic team, when, when you think, you know, you show an old logo or something, what is your team? What do you think about this? It's, it's always Shaq. It's always Shaq and always Penny. Um, and it's, it's interesting because for the longest time I, and I have one serious question then I, I have a couple fun questions to, to yeah. follow up on this. My serious question is for the longest time, the ownership group, um, Alex Martins and, and just like, just the theory of this team was we honor our past with the hall of fame, which I think was awesome and is awesome. I got, I, you know, every time I get to come to the arena, I make sure I walk by it, just do a lap through. Um, and then, you know, I go find my seats, but, but the, like, it seemed like, and I, maybe they said this publicly, maybe they didn't. And it was just like assumed, but like no Jersey was going to get retired until a championship was won. And then all of a sudden we're in this 35 year anniversary and then they they announce that they're going to retire jersey from your perspective and from what you've heard in in the conversations you've had what's changed in the background to allow that 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 said you know what we're going to shift our mindset and go um and and start retiring you know a jersey now compared to kind of like what their stance had been for like the last 10 years what what what's going on there? Just just curious. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything like officially like oh this was the the reason. I think you know there's a there's a probably a plethora of uh, things that lead to that. One, you talked about the the Magic Hall of Fame, and I think the reception to that has been so good, and it's been so fun to bring in past players and and kind of celebrate those moments. And fans have been receptive to that. That I think you look at that and be like okay, like you know. This was these are special days, you know. We should really honor that. I think you have an anniversary season, and when you when you have anniversary seasons, you get a little wistful and you think about the the moments sure. from the past, uh, and that's a factor. I think you know fans have always wanted and clamored for jerseys to be retired, you know, in Orlando, and so that probably plays a factor. And then me personally, to me, I you know I look at it as you had some of the best players in NBA history, mind you, play and start their careers right here in Orlando. You know, Shaq, Penny, T-Mac didn't necessarily start his career in Orlando, but, you know, really came to the forefront of the NBA stage in Orlando. You have Dwight, uh, who, you know, won multiple defensive player of the year awards, took the team to the finals for the second time. And it's just like when you have guys with those kind of names and power, you know, when fans step into the Magic's arena, they should be seeing those players' names. They should feel that impact. And so I'm glad to see at least one of them is is hanging. And I mean, if you're going to start that process, who better to start with than Shaq, who really put the team on the map? And we'll see if, you know, the trend continues in, in the future. But, you know, to me, uh, I'm really excited for it for that reason alone. It's like you've had these guys who are the best players in the NBA history take this team to the finals, to the brink of the ultimate success in the NBA, who've put up historic numbers that still rank among the best in, in NBA history with this franchise. Like 
let's celebrate that, you know? And so to me, it's, it's a little overdue and I'm excited uh, for tomorrow to see, you know, Shaq uh, and, you know, talk to him and celebrate that moment because, you know, his name's up in, in other places and there's no reason it shouldn't be up here in Orlando. I, I feel a lot of that same sentiment. It's going to be great to, to see, you know, Shaq, the guy who put the Orlando magic on the map, brought us to a finals, had an amazing four years with us, um, you know, putting up crazy record numbers during that stretch to finally be, be honored here. Um, and, you know, you can also see that this, this organization in general has shifted in the last handful of years to really kind of like, at least it seems more visibly up front that they're trying to, to continue to build strong relationships with past players. I don't know if it's always been that way, um, but it seems like they've been putting a stronger effort onto that in the last handful of years, which has been really cool. And this just, I think, continues to to carry that uh, legacy along and, and and just honoring our past while looking forward to our future. Um, you know, Shaq's a, a... You're right ahead. on there. I, I think that's been a big point of emphasis. Uh, you know, we have an alumni network, uh, you know, Dante works with it. George uh, Galanti works with it. And, you know, while it's been a focus before, I would think it's it's on steroids now. You know, you see so many of the guys brought in, especially around the alumni year. And, you know, they're doing, you know, active things internally, whether it's bringing those guys out for camps, whether it's bringing it for games, celebrating them in arena. Uh, me personally doing stories on a number of those. We've done a few, you know, 35th anniversary spotlights. Uh, just spoke with Jameer Nelson. We'll have another one. Once the Shaq stuff is, is passed, you know, talking about his time with the Magic and, you know, some of the some of the special memories he had, his thoughts on the current team and, and, and what he's seeing from his perspective. So we're going to have a lot of, you know, that fun stuff and, and really celebrate, you know, kind of where guys are now and the impact the Magic made on their lives and what they think of this current group. So, yeah, I think from all facets of the organization, uh, relationship with the alumni, looking back to the past is, is kind of on steroids really in the 35th anniversary season. It, it it's great. This has been a really fun season. Dan, before we go on to the next topic, I got to ask you a couple questions. These are fun. Let's right. pretend you are the board of past players and it's your decision to make the criteria cr criteria and to select a couple of the names that are going in, right? We don't necessarily have to say who's next, but what would be your criteria to get your jersey retired? And the follow-up to that is, who would be, I don't know, one or two or three names um, that, that that you would put up there, uh, you know, as as the next grouping of players to get their jersey retired? I, you know, there, there's there's I've read, you know, all the fan feedback, you know, that that, that have, you know, people that have talked about you hear Dwight because he played eight seasons. You hear Penny because he performed with Shaq. You hear T-Mac because so many people have an affinity for the heart and hustle. You hear Nick Anderson because of his long tenure, number one overall draft pick with the team. Um, you know, he's still with the organization today, doing great things in the community. So there's a lot of names that get tossed around. To me, you know, if it were me personally, just look at that Mount Rushmore. And I think it's, you know, when you talk about magic players who, you know, are worthy of Hall of Fame consideration when you talk about Shaq, Penny, T-Mac, and Dwight. I mean, that, those are four guys. If you told me, hey, this is the guys we're putting in, I don't think anybody could argue with, with any of them, you know, on solid ground. So those, 
those are the names that that you know instantly come to my mind the ones all the ones i've mentioned so whether they go up or not remains to be seen it's it's good to have the anticipation though that we could see a day where all those guys are are hanging from it and then you know hopefully with this current group uh you know we got a few guys who are already all-star level consideration Paolo going into his first one um, that they make slam dunk cases, bring the team their first NBA championship. And, and we're talking about putting those guys' names in there. So uh, I, I hope to see a day uh, during my tenure with the organization where there are a bunch of names up there um, and, and some of them from this current group, because that means good things have happened. Yeah, that does. Would you, there's one, there's one person that, that has been with this team from the beginning and is still with this team currently. Would you would you retire Stuff Magic's jersey? <laughs> I mean, he is two-time uh, mascot of the year. But I will, I believe he won those back-to-back too. Correct. But, you know, you don't usually hang up active players uh it's jerseys true. in the rafters. So, I'm going to say no for that reason alone, although he might when he decides to hang it up, if he ever does, uh, he's got a he's got a worthy case. Uh, he's got he's league got notoriety. He's brought. He's proven two years in a row that he's the best uh, amongst his peers in yeah. the NBA. And I would argue probably should have more, but they're like, all right, we got to mix it up a bit. So they've given totally. it to other mascots because when I see some of the stunts he does, how active he is within the game presentation. Compared to the other mascots, you know, during my travels, it's, he's in a league of his own. He's in his league of his own right now. He definitely earns his paycheck, and I imagine he gets some nice raises every year, sure. every year because he is just – he or they or she or whoever it is is killing it in that in that uh, mascot. I'll say this, well, though. I mean, dragons we, usually we, guard caves with gold, so stockpile that gold uh, reserve back there. <laughs> You definitely, absolutely. I I have a case to retire his jersey now, though. All right, okay. Because we have already retired the fans' jersey. This we haven't gone anywhere. We're still here, right? Granted, there have been some past fans that are probably no longer with us, but there's but the 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 theme of fandom has has stayed with this team, and we got a jersey that's that's retired up there. I think we might be able to make an exception to get stuff up there sooner than later. That that's just my my one rebuttal there. Like can, maybe we can get stuff up there. <laughs> um, all right, Dan. We have just a couple more things, and we'll wrap this podcast up. You know, after the national TV game uh, with the jersey retirement and TNT crew and all that stuff, we have one last really big game versus the Knicks. This game feels just as important to me as that jersey retirement game because it's. It's versus a playoff team that is ahead of us in the standings. Um, you know, they're, they are four games ahead of us right now. I think roughly four games are in the fourth seed with 33 wins. We're in the seventh seed at 29 wins. Um, but, but every, it seems like every game when it's someone in that 10 through, I'm going to say two spot. Cause we're not going to be realistic. We're not catching the Celtics. I don't think anyone is. It just feels extra pressure to win those games right now. Um, how do you think the guys are going to go into that game off a of back-to-back Jersey retirement going into the all-star break? Do you think they're going to have the gas full on all the way before they're able to, to, to go into this nice long all-star break or like, 
what do you think is going to happen? Like, is the goal to go one and one and one in, over these next two, or we, or you think we're going to get two and zero? Look, I mean, hey, take it one game at a time. Hope for both. True. Uh, the the way that I view it is, you know, I've talked, I haven't talked to Mo's about this specifically. Um, I've talked to other coaches in the past. I've talked to, you know, I remember talking about this with Coach Hill, I believe, before the last All Star break, and it's one of the hardest games for coaches to get players focus level to be at its peak. You're right before the all-star break. And so coaches, you know, really hate those games because you don't, you don't normally have a good feel for where the barometer of your energy for your team is going to be. And a lot of times in that one, it could get tricky. And especially when it's on the second night of a back-to-back after an emotional Jersey retirement night uh, where, you know, players are going to invest a lot, I assume, in a nationally televised Shaq Jersey retirement game against a, a top team in the Western Conference. However, like you mentioned, um, playing a Knicks team that you're going to be battling in playoff positioning with, I think, you know, although I'm sure you'd rather it not be on the second night of a back-to-back, it's great from a coach's perspective because it's easy to maintain that level of focus. You know, nobody's going to sure. go into that game like, uh, you know, we can get by doing this or this opponent doesn't matter. Like, no, this this opponent matters. This game's going to matter. Um, and, and the players are very aware of that. So I think it, in terms of having to coach your team to be ready for two games before the All-Star break, having two tough opponents is great from the sentiment of these guys are going to be up and ready to play these games. There's going to be no overlooking, looking ahead to the All-Star break. Uh, it's going to be well aware of who they're playing and what kind of level of energy, defensive focus, and, and quality of play they're going to have to bring in order to to be in the matchup and give yourself a chance to win. Well, and you know, they're going to be a little bit extra rested going into these games because they had that extra day off. Well, it feels like they had two days off before the, you know, from the Bulls game to the Oklahoma City Thunder game. So it's that they, they should be able to continue to maintain. Now, I just hope that the, the OKC game doesn't go into overtime so the guys can have, if anything, let's make it a blowout so the guy, the starters yeah. can rest a little bit longer in that fourth to go into the, the next game on uh, versus the Knicks. You know, who the Knicks are. They've been a really hot team for a while now, um, particularly since they made the OG trade. But, you know, OG Ananobi and uh, Julius Randle are both injured right now. I always want to beat teams at their best, but, you know, that that could be a little bit of a pathway for the Magic to hopefully come full force and and grab another W, continue this winning streak that we're on, get four in a row going into the All-Star break. Um, But, Dan, All-Star, I feel like we have to wrap up our conversation talking about this really fun, exciting thing that we have going on with Paulo Bancaro going to the all-star break, participating in three aspects of all-star, you know, we knew he was going to be in the sophomore rookie uh, game. That was just, that was a known and expected thing. Um, But there was, you know, it was, it was announced just the other week that he got voted in by the coaches to be um, an NBA all-star for the East. He's not an injury replacement. He is voted in as an official all-star from um from the coaches which i'm sure we've i mean we've all known and and read and seen the the content at this point it, it's a great honor for him and he feels it and you all have received him and, and honored him really well with with that coverage um you know you see the videos of the team uh just celebrating with him the big embracements from you know from coach and all the players and stuff like that it's 
it's going to be really fun. And then it comes to find out just a little bit later that he's in the skills challenge um, with, with the other first round picks of, of Wembenyama and uh, um, uh, Anthony, Edwards. Anthony Edwards from, from the, uh, from the wolves. Before we get too into Paulo on that specifically, are you, how is the magic covering all-star weekend are are you or someone traveling with paulo i imagine there will be someone from the pr side helping manage a lot of all the the press conferences and the events he's gonna have to go to how, how is that gonna look from magic perspective yeah there'll be a there'll be a crew out there uh from you know, there's there's so many different people uh when it's something involved like that from pr to security to player you know take care of to other guys who go out to support to, you know, we'll have somebody from our video team there, from our social team there. I won't go, but Josh Cohen will, will represent us uh, on this Great. one. We usually try to, to trade them or, or do some sort of rotation with those unless we're both. So you got go next year then. Perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps come out for the Bay area. So we'll, uh, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. You know, hopefully we have multiple all-stars. Maybe we'll both roll out, you know, um, we've done. I was going to say, you might've just given yourself double the work if you have to come next year. Cause I expect Franz to also make it next year with Paulo and Franz, but I would think that's the, the goal, you know, uh, that's the dream, us, right? Let's get some multi all-star, uh, you know, let's get greedy here. Um, yeah. so yeah, so there'll be a whole crew with, with tons of content throughout the weekend. And I mean, look, I've, I've done those. I've probably been to about 14 to 15 all-star weekends now over the course of my career. And they are exhausting because there is no downtime, especially with guys like that, because it starts off with not only those events, but then appearances, whether it's their community for NBA cares, whether it's they're doing signings, whether it's, uh, you know, different appearances at events. Uh, you know, you look at those three nights as full as they are, uh, those three days will be equally as full. The practices, the preparation, you know, for those things. They go through walkthroughs. Those are going to be some busy days. Uh, so it'll be exciting for Paolo. Uh, I'm sure he's going to enjoy having the f- next few days off before the, before the games return after that. Have you guys prepared Paolo on just how much those couple of days are going to be for him? Uh, I'm sure people have talked to him about it, but I don't think you know till you experience it. Now, luckily, That's he's fair. played in, in Rising Stars, so he's got some sure. sort of uh, semblance of a concept. But I think the three days and events and practices and walkthrough, I think by the end of it, uh, he's going to be swimming. Because I remember going through Aaron Gordon with some of those dunk contests. Sure. And by the end of it, you know, because of all the media appearances and different things that came out of his success on Saturday night and, you know, being robbed a couple times, uh, you know, those were crazy weekends for him. And so I imagine it's going to be crazy for Paolo being in three different things, talking to so many media, answering crazy questions because, you know, All-Star Weekend's kind of like what Super Bowl Row is, where it's just like you're going to get the most who's your favorite Pokemon or, uh, you know, uh, yeah. you know, if you could take a vacation one place, where would you take it? You know, just all stuff out of left field. And, uh, you know, so those are going to be the, the things for him to mentally, you know, go through and then, you know, along with participating, but boy, is that exciting and well-deserved honor. 
And, you know, you touched on the moments uh, leading up to it that were captured. You know, how great was that moment uh, that was captured, you know, by the Ma Magic Video crew of his teammates, his coach, him speaking to, you know, the honor to his, his teammates. Because you could, you know, a lot of teams say that stuff like, oh, we're like a family. With the Magic, you could literally see it. Like, that's just evident yeah. by the support, his reaction, the coach's reaction. And so I thought, I thought that was a great window into what we get to see every day, which is these guys support one another. The coach supports them to the best of his ability. And, and it was great to see that all come together, uh, you know, in a video like that. I, you know, I'm always excited when a Magic player gets recognized in some capacity during All-Star weekend, whether it's a dunk competition invite with Cole Anthony the other year or an Aaron Gordon, um, you know, or rising stars um, or, you know, in past, like even Vucevic making the all-star, um, you know, being, being recognized by the coaches being, you know, twice with the Orlando magic. Um, but this one just feels a little bit different. You know, he's 21 second year player. Vooch had been with us for a while. Um, you know, and, and definitely earned his way into those all-stars. But he's kind of like, you know, he was at the peak of his career where it's like, man, you, this is just polish is barely scratching the surface. And he's going to be with this team for a, a very long time. And it's just like, oh, man, I, I just cannot help how excited I get. And, and like, I can't hold it in with, with, with it because it's like, he's, it's just the beginning for him. And, you know, it's only a second year with the Orlando Magic and the second year in the league. It's just... It's going to be really cool. Now, for the rest of the team, Dan, like, you know, you got coach and the players and the rest of the staff. I imagine most everyone will take a couple of days off. But do you feel like, you know, coach and some of the other players might come back a little early or or like continue to work on some things throughout this break? Like how how does that typically, you know, it's not always shown, uh, you know, through the media and through socials on on what would actually happens. But kind of explain a little bit on, on how some of these guys might spend their, you know, their, their week off. Yeah. You know, uh, that's a great question. Something I don't necessarily always have insight into because I'm usually there at the all-star weekend, or if I, if I don't have to be, uh, I'm getting away myself. <laughs> so, sure. uh, so uh, yeah, but I mean, you always hear stories of guys who come in and, and, you know, try to put in some extra work, uh, especially guys who, you know, maybe are, you know, out of the rotation. Um, I think mentally, it's a really good time to just take time away. You know, you could work on yeah. things, but I think it's a long into the season. I think this part of the season is the hardest part, the lead into all-star break. And then at the, you know, post all-star break to playoffs, it's a push and you're going to need every bit of your mental resilience. So I think it's a good refresher time for all these guys. So I hope that, you know, they make the most of that, get refreshed, because we're expecting a long push uh, this year, uh, much longer than we've had the last couple seasons. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, hopefully it's, you know, a great post all-star break run into the postseason, and then we get to have some, you know, real fun there uh, as the playoffs begin. Now, one last question before we wrap up this podcast. <clears throat> I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Franz Wagner uh, on this crazy run that he's having right now. I think three out of the last four games, he scored above 30 points. Um, you know, he started off this year playing pretty well overall for the year, but like, 
you know, before his injury and, and kind of you can look at his career, you know, season stats, you know, kind of some poor shooting from behind the arc at, you know, 32 percent. That was like one of the criticisms that you as a fan and even just or me as a fan and and, you know, media could look at his game and, and nitpick a little bit. But since he's come back from his injury, he, you know, in these I think now 11 games, he's shooting roughly around 40 percent from behind the arc and just on an offensive tear. Um I know that injury was poor timing and we would much rather have him just stay healthy, but do you think that him taking a little bit of time off to recover? uh, Do you think that's kind of what's contributing to him just like finding his shot again from deep and like just being more aggressive offensively to, to have these offensive outbursts or what, what are you seeing there, Dan, with, with Franz right now, just destroying teams? Yeah. I mean, when you look at the way, he works. First of all, if you if you were a coach and you were creating a player, um, you'd want their makeup to be a lot like Franz Wagner. Loves the game, works hard, yeah. does what he's told, um, plays within the framework, takes what the opposing defense gives him, then goes back, looks at it, breaks it down. I think you know everybody heard him on the JJ Redick podcast just talking about how detailed his his work is there, and it's that is true. Um, so I think with him you're seeing all that work pay off. And when he's injured, that doesn't mean, you know, he wasn't working and, you know, you could see him out there shooting, you know, even though he wasn't playing, those are areas where he was grinding away at. And I'm sure the fact that he had a little bit of time off on his legs from going from last season, right into the FIBA world cup, making a long run in that winning gold, uh, doing all that, and then coming right into training camp and, and playing again, I'm sure to have a little break from all that, you know, helped out those shooting legs uh, a little bit. So, uh, you know, I think this is good. He's been on a great run. He'll get the all-star break to, to recover a little bit even more and, uh, you know, have a long finish to the season. But, man, he is just built from the right stuff. Great guy to interact with on a day-to-day basis. I just think the Magic are so fortunate. It's so hard to find two talented guys like Paolo and Franz alone. And then for them to have to be as good – of human beings is even harder. And then to get the work ethic that both those guys uh, have is even harder still. So when you're trying to build a framework to have two guys who are as young as they are, who have the maturity that they have, the work ethic that they have, I think, you know, it just sets the, the franchise up for a great place. I think it's also good. You know, we're talking about guys that are popping off right now. Jonathan Isaac, who's been playing, you know, some of yes. the most minutes in his career and is really hitting a stride, you know, let him recover a little bit from from increased minutes and all that stuff as he's found his defensive timing. And this Magic team, it'll be a really, really good place uh, come post-All-Star break. It's, uh, you and I could, there's so much more we could talk about. Um, we don't have the time for it, unfortunately. Like, I'd love to talk more about Jonathan Isaac right now. I'd love to talk about Cole starting to find his groove again. Um, but, but you know, Franz is just like, he has been so fun. And obviously, oh. you know, putting up the performances he's had recently in the last couple of games has just been phenomenal. Um, cool is that, like... Paulo hasn't necessarily been putting up like super splashy offensive like scoring numbers, but he's still so much a part of what's allowed Franz to be successful with with his playmaking. You know, uh, you know, pulling defenders outside, which allows you know for Franz to work a little bit closer into the basket. It's just been so 
so exciting to watch those two just just dominate recently. And you know, like I said they, earlier, they're, they've they've won six out of the last ten. Um, I think seven out of the last eleven. It's just been such a fun time. Um, you know, it, it, for for Magic fans and for them to finally like get their groove back. And I, they're in it, Dan. They they are yeah. they are half a game away from the six seed. Um, the Pacers and you know they are a full game up on Miami Heat. It's they are in it. There's a lot of things that could go right for them to, you know, even sneak out of this play-in pitcher and potentially just just be a playoff team and not have to earn it. If they earn it, it looks like they're going to have to be eliminated twice or, or lose twice in order to get there. I mean, they're, they're, they're in it. So I'm really looking forward. It's been one of the most exciting seasons. You guys at OrlandoMagic.com have been crushing it with content. Love Appreciate reading your that. work. Um, looking very much forward to that Jameer Nelson piece you teased. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day on this Monday morning before you have to go work even more and cover the practice that you'd mentioned at the start of the episode. Um, thank you so much. Why don't you just give everyone a, a quick heads up on where they can find you if they want to interact with you. And, and obviously you can, they can find your work on orlandomagic.com, but anything else you want to, you yeah, no Twitter at Dan underscore Savage, uh, orlandomagic.com, like you said, and we'll have some exciting stuff between me and Josh over the shack thing. Uh, you know, different 35th anniversary stuff coming up and then, you know, all the all-star coverage breakdowns. Josh got a great piece up about Paolo and Franz's stats right now and how they could become one of the rare duos to both have, you know, 20 averaging over 20 plus points, a certain number of rebounds, assists and over a steal per game uh, right now. And, you know, that's only happened a couple times in history where a single player's done it. We got two right now. And I think it's just a testament to, hey, these two guys are really awesome. Bottom line. And uh, it's exciting time to be a Magic fan. So it's time to work for OrlandoMagic.com, too. And, you know, do what you do. You guys are doing great work, crushing it, expanding your network, uh, you know, just becoming a little behemoth. So <laughs> that's awesome as well. It's Thank been you. exciting to, to watch you guys grow and continue to build your audience, uh, you know, add some additional talent, you know, crush it with the podcast network. So that's awesome. So always fun to hop on and talk about it. Hope we get to do it again next time leading up to the playoffs. So. I would love to have you back on before the playoffs because that, that'll be a Let's really fun down. time. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll mark it down for sure. We'll make sure we get that. Maybe we should just schedule that now since we know I'm confident we're yeah. going to be in the playoffs. That'll be a lot I am of fun. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the kind words there. Magic fans, thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Close-Up. Um, make sure you check out all of Orlando Magic HQ's work that we have coming up this week. We'll have another exciting podcast for you dropping later on Friday with Alan Anthony. Of course, our guys over on Spaces, they've been doing some really fun things. They just had Kendra Douglas on the on the, on the the Twitter Spaces, on X Spaces on Friday, which you can still go um, listen to that conversation they had, which was really fun. And they did some Bleacher Report live broadcast. So we're, we're all over the place, Magic fans. So thanks for tuning in. Have a great weekend. Have a good basketball week. Let's go, Magic. Peace.